is Bloomberg Surveillance. Monetary policy cannot, by stimulating, create permanent jobs, and it can't lift long-run potential growth. The central thing holding us back throughout this recovery has been lack of demographic growth, and that's not changing anytime soon. We're creating a boatload of jobs. I mean, we're creating, on average, over 200,000 jobs per month, and that's a lot more than we need to absorb the growth in the working age population. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. What a news flow today. It is extraordinary. And, of course, it is Fed Day, and we'll have wonderful coverage for you at 1 p.m. Our team has really put together a smart, smart lineup to get you uh, brighter on the Fed. Michael McKee, is it a non-event Fed? I don't buy that. No, it's an event Fed. But it's the, 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 the event has become more and more obtuse. It's no longer a question of will the Fed raise or lower yeah. rates, but will the Fed chair hint at when they might do something again might. under the right conditions if everything yeah. goes as planned? Maybe it's like the minutes will have few and several uh, in there uh, as well. Bloomberg surveillance on this important day brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory in the affordable housing industry. Your business needs transformative advice from the industry leading experts at Cone Resnick. Find out why at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, ConeResnick.com. Uh, and, of course, it's been a, a political day as well. Mike, I, you know, I looked at I gleaned the headlines, and I, all in all, I would say as expected is, is a big phrase. But you wonder how you get to Wisconsin April 5th. To me, to me, the view forward is fascinating. Uh, again, giving us terrific perspective. Greg Vellier, a gentleman from New Hampshire, as he gazes at Florida and Ohio. Uh, Greg, I don't even want to do the look back thing. I think the punditry's done all that. How do these candidates approach Wisconsin April 5th? Well, it could be close. Uh, Kasich could have a fairly decent day, Tom, but uh, let's let's be blunt here. I mean, this is Trump's nomination to lose. Uh, Cruz had a really bad night last night, and it's going to take a lot in you, to change my opinion that Trump's the nominee. You have been so good on this with the statements you have made and with what we observed last night. What's the drama in Cleveland at the convention? I don't think there's going to be drama. I think either uh, the most likely scenario, Tom, is that on June 7th, California and New Jersey, Trump gets just about enough delegates to win. If he's 10 short, he's going to win in Cleveland. So I, I don't I think the drama is how significantly he pivots to the center. Can he pivot to the center or does he lose all those people who are voting for him because he's so far whacked out to one, I can't even say a direction, right or left, because he just makes it up as he goes along. But his whole thing has been being outrageous. So if he's no longer outrageous and he sounds credible, then do all those people say, ah, just another one? Well, you, you, you raise a good point, Mike, and I think that's a risk for him. Already, people who are fiercely anti-immigration are beginning to suspect that he's not the real deal. So there, there could be a problem there. I, I think one thing we ought to all look at, and it's relevant to what we do for a living, is how he approaches Wall Street. Does he start to sound a little more conciliatory? Does he maybe tone it down a little on a trade war with China, on a fight with Janet Yellen? If you start to see that, I think that's a sign that the pivoting move is really underway. Can he win 
uh, if, uh, assuming he's nominated. Uh, well, yeah, Hillary's well ahead in the polls, but two things. Number one, she's shown in this fight against Bernie Sanders that she has flaws as a candidate. She had a great night last night. But number two, the biggest wild card of all, as you guys know, is the threat of indictment. I think it's only about 25%, but it's not zero. You know, if this email controversy persists, that's the one wild card that does give Trump a, a plausible path to the presidency. What odds would you put on that now? I think Trump's chances of becoming president are probably 40%. Uh, it's not zero. Uh, and I think you've got to say he is reflecting an anger. Is it a majority right. of the people in the country? I don't know. The uh, investment strategist uh, for a fairly large uh, retail investment company came out yesterday and said if if Trump were elected president, the S&P would go to 1,000. It's currently uh, over 2,000. Uh, what do you think? Well, let me push back on that, and I'm hardly a Trump apologist, but let me push back on that. I think he would be viewed as an agent of change. And what change does the U.S. need more than anything else economically? I would argue tax reform. I think he would be a catalyst for tax reform. I do think he'd tone it down. There are going to be plenty of people on Wall Street who will get to him and say, look, you've got to cool it on a lot of these issues you've been so bombastic on. So I think a thousand, uh, no, I don't buy that. Greg, when you, when you look at the political mix, um, the tradition, I believe, and I defer to your knowledge on this, is basically a lot of people are running to be vice president. I mean, yep. I understand it's premature, but you've been so dead on about Trump supremacy. Are these people running to be his vice president? I mean, it's so messed up this time around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't see Rubio, who called Trump a con man. That would seem to be a rather odd marriage. Uh, maybe Cruz, maybe Kasich. Um, you know, you, you can't rule out someone who's run in one respect uh, being his running mate. He needs three things. A young person. Trump would be the oldest president ever. He needs someone to mend fences with Hispanics. And third, he needs somebody with some expertise on geopolitics. Those are three big meetings. Brilliant. I think that's a governor from New Jersey, Mike. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> no. Not sure about uh, No, uh, uh, not don't sure think about so. They're two alike. We should note that, that John Kasich uh, yesterday or the day before said no way to running with Donald Trump. So Yeah, I, I, I would agree I with that. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get there on that one. Um, but since this guy would be the oldest president ever and he loves meat and cheeseburgers, just for actuarial reasons, I would probably like to be his running mate. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be the calculation now, that nobody could talk about. Let's look back. Yep, um, yep. Greg, you know, I, I usually always want to drive the conversation forward away from the punditry. You mentioned Senator Cruz had a tough night. Your observation on Ohio last night. Well, I mean, it was uh, Kasich's home state. He's never lost an election there. Yes, he did well. He's, he's, he's a very popular governor. Uh, I, I, I can't dismiss it, but uh, frankly, I thought the bigger story out of Ohio was how incredibly well Hillary did. She yeah. robbed in Ohio. Okay, so Michael Barbaro of the New York Times is saying nobody likes him, Mr. Trump. Nobody likes her, Secretary Clinton, and yet she keeps on winning. And I, I granted, she's beneath the headlines of the Republican soap opera. Frame for us where Mrs. Clinton is right now. 
Well, I think that it's pretty much wrapped up. I mean, right now, Bernie Sanders, who's got plenty of money, by the way, uh, I think wants to influence the platform. Yeah, he but wants to push is the she resonating? I mean, is she resonating with Democratic hardliners? Is she re- resonating with independents? Yeah, and I think she's resonating because she's running against the boogeyman for an awful lot of Democrats. Donald Trump is just unthinkable. So he, in a perverse sort of way, really benefits her. Yeah, but doesn't she benefit him, uh, given the fact? Yeah, it's a synergy. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a synergy that's going to make this a, an absolutely fascinating election. I, I just think that in the, in the markets in particular, there's been a belief that there's no way Trump could become president. I continue to argue, no, there is a plausible path. Plausible, but as you say, it's a less than 50% chance. So when, when might we see anything reflected in trading? Oh, I think we'd probably have to get, you know, past the June 7th California and New Jersey primaries. I think that would start to uh, really change some thinking. But I think we've got a ways to go on that front. So at this point, uh, the the bet is um, maybe Donald, definitely Hillary, and we don't have to worry about it until November. I, you know, I, I think the bigger issue, frankly, and I'm sure you guys have covered this in, uh, all morning, the bigger issue is what's going to happen this afternoon at the Fed. I think the direction of the economy and the, the growing likelihood of one or two rate hikes this year is maybe the bigger well, story for the markets. But, Greg, that goes to a point. If, if, And I've seen a lot of surveys that say that Mr. Trump doesn't have a chance. I respect your 40 percent probability. If this guy's elected president, fine. How does he surround himself with a cabinet? then can advise on Fed-like issues. Does he go to the Republican establishment? Yeah, I think he does. Isn't that going to be ironic? But I think on a lot of fronts, he'll get people who have been around, who have experience, who wouldn't scare the markets. I think a fundamentally flawed premise is that he's going to continue this battle with Wall Street. That's crazy. He, he has to know that a fight with Wall Street hurts him badly. And I think he will turn and he will get people who Wall Street will accept. Mm-hmm. Okay, Greg Vellier, thank you again. We really appreciate your perspective over um, the travails of this uh, day. Michael? Yeah, we'll be back with Greg. I got a question about the Fed to ask him when we come back about what's going on. Not uh, on 20th and C Street, but up at the other end of uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, yeah. uh, up on Capitol Hill. Well, there's that, too. I mean, you go down the – what's the lawn called? I forget. From the Capitol, the – The Constitution Avenue. The Constitution Avenue. It, it, fascinating. Greg Villier to return with us on this Fed Day. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama will announce his Supreme Court nominee this morning – The president sent an email to supporters with the subject line, I've made my decision. Republicans in the Senate have said they will not consider the president's nominee in an election year. Bloomberg Radio will carry the president's decision live this morning at 11 a.m. Florida, Illinois, Ohio, and North Carolina got behind Hillary Clinton in yesterday's Democratic presidential primary, while Missouri remains too close to call for both the Democrats and the Republicans. Donald Trump won Florida, Illinois, and North Carolina. John Kasich won Ohio, where he is governor. Rescuers are still searching today for bodies or survivors at a mosque in Nigeria attacked by two female suicide bombers. 
The attack during dawn prayers killed at least 22 people. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. On Fed Day, markets exceptionally quiet right now. West Texas up 76 cents, 37.11. Our Fed Day coverage this afternoon, 1 p.m. The news update was brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF.